Hello, hello, hello. You have stumbled across the podcast, How to Win It Live with Pauline Stockhausen. This is the podcast that will get you passionate, get you motivated and get you inspired. Well, the first thing I want to say is it is a beautiful sunny day here. Um, I'm doing the podcast with the doors and the windows open. So there might be a bit of a breeze coming in. You might be able to hear the ambience, the car noises in the background, uh, maybe some cicadas. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but I just can't do this podcast in a closed room on such a beautiful day. So we have um, a lot to talk about in this podcast. I wanted to um, quickly talk about uh, becoming a digital nomad. Now, if you listen to my last podcast, I talked about going on this North Island trip um, around the North Island of New Zealand, um, the bottom North Island. And uh, we've done that trip now. So it's um, a few days. I've been back a few days now. So let's quickly talk about the trip because it was amazing and it was a bit of a test to see if I could um, work and travel. So I'll talk about my experiences and the difficulties that I had because let's be honest I had a bit of difficulty um, at traveling and working because I didn't want to really do any work. So that's a little bit of a difficulty. Um, So anyway the trip was amazing. We headed out um we left Auckland in the afternoon and the first thing we hit was traffic so it was a relief to get over the Bombay hills and get into the Waikato into the country uh we we toured down to Taupo and we spent two days in Taupo uh Taupo is definitely one of my favorite places and now I'm just going to say actually every place we we went to I'm going to say is my favorite place so uh let's just get that out of the way because that's just exactly what's going to happen Love Taupo. We uh, really roughed it. Um, got a really tiny cabin. Uh, the pass- I've, I've named my the teenager and my brother the passengers. Um, so they were pretty shocked when they saw our accommodation because it was basically a very, very small room with a bed. Uh, a double bunk bed, but a bed. And um, but once they got over the shock, it was fine. We did some really cool night photography because um, the there was an amazing moon that night. It was a full moon. It was massive. So we did some night photography. The next day, we did a massive walk. Uh, we walked from uh, Spa Park all the way down to Hooker Falls. Now Hooker Falls are really incredible. So if you get to New Zealand and you get to you get to go to Taupo, go check out the Hooker Falls. But take the walk. The walk's about two hours long. It took us a lot longer because we were doing some photography. We were um, taking our time and taking some shots and doing some videos. So it took us about four hours because we were mirandering down and you know going off track and climbing hills and uh, basically having a ball. Uh, the weather was amazing. Um, and the river, the way it's the Waikato River pristine absolutely beautiful uh, and incredibly dangerous it's really swift um, moving and there's there are places that you can swim uh, we did see quite a few people on their lilos um, uh, in the safe zones they were um, floating down the river so that was that was really it was good to watch you know they, they didn't go as fast as I thought they would but you know that was great and then there were we passed a campground and what was really cool is that there were a whole lot of kids jumping off um, this type of wharf into the water 
the water was amazing it was nice and fresh oh it was just such a good day and um the next day we traveled down to Napier now I've never been to Napier so this was my first experience uh, the great thing about traveling around New Zealand is it's almost like you can reference every movie so on the way down there was um, a big forestry which obviously they cleared the pine trees and it looked a lot like Mordor from Lord of the Rings um, we saw places like you know video footage from Narnia and the Hobbit from that aspect you know I was totally loved it we did stop on the way and there was a bit of a a camper stop because I saw a bit of a river so we went for a little bit of a bush walk and took some photos of a river and we actually stumbled across a couch in the middle of the bush which was quite interesting so if you want to see the photos from our trip definitely jump onto my Facebook page because I've put videos and photos up. Napier absolutely beautiful we stayed at a friend's house beautiful villa on the hill uh, right you could walk right into Napier it took like two minutes to get to the cafe which is my kind of place and um, it was stunningly beautiful in Napier I found Napier a little bit more expensive cafe wise you know I'm a big obviously a big coffee drinker and love to hang out in cafes but yeah I was a bit surprised at the cost it almost felt more expensive than Auckland. Um, I could be wrong or it could be the cafes that I went to. But yeah, no, I definitely felt the sting in my pocket in Napier cafes. But it's definitely worth it. You know, they do the 1950s. Like when we were there, we were seeing 1950 cars and people dressing up in the 1950s. So it's like a real cool atmosphere down there. And they, um, our hosts were actually amazing. Um, and... oh. Napier is where I fell in love with French Bulldogs. That's right. Now, I don't actually like dogs. I mean, I like dogs, but I don't like having dogs. Well, I think I don't like having dogs. Um, I'm more of a cat person, but I could change for a French Bulldog, for a Frenchie. Pretty sure. So, I've written a French Bulldog in my goal list that could be something happening that could be happening in the near future I'm gonna get myself a Frenchie I don't know if you've got a Frenchie out there tell me tell me about them I need to learn everything I need to know about French Bulldogs fell in love um so after Napier we, we headed down made our way down to Wellington um, and we spent quite a few days in Wellington because the passengers really wanted to explore Wellington we went to Weta workshops and that was really, that was really cool, seeing um, all the movies that Weta Workshops actually worked on. It's a lot more than you think. Um, I sort of, you know, you always think Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. But actually the work that they're doing on other movies is really impressive. And we went on the set of The Thunderbirds. And that blew me away. So they, they make everything by hand. And it, you know, like at scale of, you know, some of them are 80% scale or 50% and 30% scale. So really cool how they do the sets and how they make the stuff for the thun the new Thunderbird series. So I found that fascinating. Fascinating. So if you do go down to Wellington, <coughs> excuse me, if you do go down to Wellington, that's definitely something I think you should do. What was really cool is I met a guy who did our tour. He was really cool. Mike, I think his name was. 
and he does um, specialized tours all around New Zealand and he had a lot to he was really informative about Lord of the Rings and you know it was like so long ago it's unbelievable how long ago it was but it you know it does feel like it wasn't that long ago if that makes sense so Mike the guide he does personalized tours for New Zealand and um, if you want to check him out go find Mike the guide on uh, Instagram so he does tours all over New Zealand um, he loves the South Island tours so you can get a personalized South Island tour with Mike um, he was he was really cool I'd, I'd um, really <laughs> so I'm just looking at Instagram and my uh, teenagers followed me should I follow back that is the question uh and side note that was a bit of a side note sorry about that okay so mike uh the guide was really cool real informative and we had a lot of fun got down to wellington um so i had been sort of working sort of not but once i was in wellington i did have to do a bit of work i had to so i took the kids on the the passengers to parliament so we did a bit of a tour around parliament so they could see where i go sometimes and took them to the debating chambers which was really cool in parliament they take you around for tours so you can have a tour we were really lucky because we got to have one of the ministers take us around one of my clients he um, took us around so extra special um, being able to get taken around by a minister so that was pretty cool the tour continued on and um, we left Wellington oh no let's talk about the weather the weather in Wellington they call it windy Wellington and man did it not it was it was windy I tell you like we pulled up in the car um, at our apartment and I my top flew up and I ended up flashing a taxi driver so that was an interesting start to the day and because it was so windy and so we were there when there was a bit of a weather bomb and I totally freaked out because we were on the sixth floor of the apartment and the wind was so loud I, sw I was I swore that um, the windows were going to break. They didn't, of course they didn't. Everyone slept fine. I'm the one, only one that like was up all night thinking oh my god it's a hurricane. You know thank god I've boiled the jug and put water in the bathtub. So everyone thought I was slightly crazy, but it was a bit, I was quite anxious. But yeah, the weather was crazy and it's moved up all around the country, but we only experienced it in Wellington, thank goodness. So wind, uh, windy Wellington is what it's called. So, you know, make sure you wear long tops, not ones that are flowy and fly up as I, um, that poor taxi driver. Anyway, I digress. And then we came around from Wellington, we moved all our way up. Now the great thing about, like I love travelling the South Island. The South Island, if you're coming to New Zealand, you ought, you have to go to the South Island. It's amazing. But actually the North Island is just as spectacular. Every hill we went over, we saw just another beautiful destination. And it just made me really appreciate where I live. The pristine beaches... Um, the places you can swim, just the actual beauty of of the different locations. And um, one one place that really surprised me was Wanganui. So Wanganui is um, it's funny because Wanganui. When I think about Wanganui, I always think about gangs and stuff, and sort of think of it as a dirty sort of a. I don't know. That's the sort of um, connotations that sort of it came to me. You know. 
but Wanganui is beautiful. It's got beautiful old buildings. They've really um, done a lot of work to build it, to make it beautiful. The main street was just, um, it was like walking into an old time movie, you know, the way they've done all the buildings and the trees. And um, I was blown away by Wanganui. So I could be saying it wrong. Is it Wanganui or Fonganui? I think it's Wanganui. It was yeah, it's definitely a destination to go to. And when I said to people I'd stop there, and all, they all had the same reaction, like, oh, why would you go there? But actually, it it looks it, it's a place that I would lo- like to go back and to explore for a few more days. Um, I really enjoyed them. So we came up through Wanganui, and then we went to Taranaki. So we stayed in New Plymouth. Um, Taranaki is um, another great location and while we were in Taranaki we saw the Festival of Lights um, which was really impressive so we, we stayed up late that night and took photos and then the next day we did a, a bit of an explore around and then we headed out to Rotorua and went to my favourite camp- campground um, it was, uh, you know those campgrounds where you go when you were a little kid and Oh, we, no, actually, I didn't even think I was a little kid. I think I was a teenager. So we would go there with our parents and a whole lot of our friends and we'd stay there for a week. Or over Easter weekend, I think we went and would, you know, do everything from mountain biking to swimming and going for walks. And it was just such a great place. And so going back as an adult was kind of kind of weird. You know, the park isn't as big or the cabins aren't as big. But um, they've done some amazing work at the old Taupo. Oh, it's what's it called? The Rotorua Hot Thermal Holiday Park, I think it's called. It's on Old Taupo Road. So they've done a lot of work there and, oh, it was great. So we stayed in a cabin. It was like a log cabin and it was perfect. So it's definitely one of the places I really want to go back and take the kids, take the passengers um, and spend more time, take our mountain bikes. And it's amazing how many people actually stay there because I, I took a photo and put it up on Facebook, and so many people were like, oh my god, we go there every year, it's our favourite place, and Rotorua, you could spend a lot of time in Rotorua exploring all the parks, um, I want to go explore, I think like half an hour out of Rotorua, there was, there was a river, um, and it's between Rotorua and Taupo, and you can actually uh, mountain bike along the river, um, so I'm going to go explore that. So I'll tell you more about that when I know the location and what it is. But it looked really cool. The teen and I have just pumped up our tyres to our mountain bikes. <sighs> it's going to be a bit more fitness for me, I think. But yeah, so they're sitting outside at the moment. I'm looking at them. Uh, like this afternoon, we're going to go for a bit of a blat and see how we go as our first little trip. Yeah, there'll be more times on the mountain bike, I think. This comes into the conversation about how much did I work? Wow, I can tell you now I didn't work very much. I did get all my work done that I needed to do. Um, it made me way more focused. Instead of, you know, things taking me two hours, I was getting it done in 45 minutes because I needed to go out and explore. But I did struggle. It, was a, it, it wasn't as easy as I had thought it would be. There were, I was tired because I was doing a lot of the drive. Oh, I was doing all the driving. And so I got quite tired, you know, exploring, driving, concentrating. Um, so I would be the first falling to asleep at night and, and thinking, oh my gosh, I must do this. But, you know, so things 
did on my personal stuff did not go as planned but but it's a definitely a good lesson and I was talking to my friend Fiona who is a digital nomad she's at the moment traveling all around the world and she's been traveling around the world since I think the end of April beginning of May so she's been exploring the world and she's in Colombia well she was in Colombia I have no idea where she is now but she was in Colombia she's writing a blog you should go check it out it's called travel with Fiona so it's travelwithfiona.com and she's a bit of a digital nomad so I was asking her how you know what are the issues you have how is it you know, I found it really difficult. And she was like, well, Pauline, you, you, you squished in a lot of travel in a short amount of time. If you're going to be a digital nomad, you, you spend a whole month in one location. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course, duh. So, um, yeah, so if you're going to be a digital nomad, trying to space it out. I mean, I would definitely, like I've been thinking, and then I was talking to my friend, my other friend Fiona, who lives in Napier, who we stayed with about staying at her place while she's away because they travel so I'm like if you ever travel just call me I'll house sit and I'll look after the Frenchie like don't call anyone else so I'm gonna give that a go and this is coming into some real exciting things I want to talk to you about that are happening um some crazy things happening in my life at the moment and one of them is (laughs) I have made the decision to go live off the land I'm packing up all my possessions and running off to the country to live off the land. As crazy as that sounds, that's happening. And it's happening fast. It's happening in two weeks. So the house is in a bit of disarray as we try to reduce down our items and um, only take the bare essentials. And it's crazy. I'm going to live off the land. Now, one of the most important things about living off the land is to making sure you have Wi-Fi. So that was after I established that I could have Wi-Fi, everything else fell into place. It's going to be a bit rough living in the beginning because um, we've got to prepare the cottage. The cottage isn't prepared yet. The teen and I will be moving into a massive caravan and co-sharing for a few weeks. I don't mind this idea. The teen, not so happy about it. But she'll get over it. <laughs> we picked our caravan yesterday. It's really nice. So once I've out of the caravan, the teenager is kind of happy because it's kind of a nice space for her to live in. It's, um, yes, very interesting. I might just add, the land is amazing. So there's this really cool river beside it. I've already been hanging out there. My sister actually lives up on the hill, so it's not like I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm actually going to be at the bottom of the hill where my sister lives. And the cool thing about the river is there's this awesome hammocks where the trees are. There's massive pine trees and there's hammocks. Over Christmas, we spent a lot of time there and sat in the hammocks. And it was, oh, it just, it just felt, I felt so free. I just felt like this is where I should be. I was real, a lot more active. It just felt like a little, a different lifestyle, and and my sister has a quite a cool lifestyle as well. You know, just living on the property, and she's got chickens, and so we're gonna go live off the land and see how we go. It's totally solar pa- powered. You know, I'll be roughing it. Like I'm just gonna say now, there's a <laughs> there's a long drop toilet. Now it's a non-smelling long drop toilet. I'm told. I haven't used it. I've been too scared to use it. 
and I've walked up to my sister's property, but yep. So until yeah, until we kid out the cottage, there's gonna be some some interesting times for myself. But this is all about, you know, minimalizing my life and I've been doing I realized I've been doing this for like two years, you know, moving from our big house to a smaller house, um, just having less stuff and just living within our means and not being not getting caught up in being so um, money orientated and always getting bigger and better things you know it's just being happy with what you've got and it's all about the experiences you have that has been my focus for the last two years and this seems to be like that next step and cutting out the cottage to the way I need it is going to be perfect because in a year the teenager is going to go to university and then it's just going to be me so I had to sort of figure out and and figure out what I was going to do because apparently the teenager doesn't want me to go with her so I don't understand why I've been in her life for 18 years I'm the best parent she'll ever have but apparently they've got to fly on their own and um, I have to get used to the idea that it won't be the PMB show anymore. It'll just be P. P for Pauline. Me by myself. With my chickens and my cats. And one Frenchie. So I'm preparing my life <laughs> for when she leaves. And look, one of the things about um, minimalizing is it reduces so much stress. You know, this whole thing about not buying so many things. I have been doing this all year because I've been on this massive I must reduce my debt and I reduced it you know the whole key was debt free by Christmas well I was kind of devastated at Christmas because I didn't make it debt free I've still got I still got about 30% left of debt which I should be happy about because I managed to achieve a massive a lot um, of debt clearing in in six months but I just don't want to have debt. I don't want to have credit cards. I don't want to have. I just. I just don't want to have any of that. I've become more of a saver. Can you believe it? I actually can save money, and my whole life has changed. And it has been. It's been liberating. I don't know if you've been trying to do this sort of thing, but you, or if you want to know how to do it. Um, and I've written some blog posts about it on my website, so you can go check those out. And you do these little challenges. You know, I was doing challenges like if you buy something new, you have to get rid of something. You know, look around if you haven't touched it. If you haven't touched something in, in six months, get rid of it. Or a year. If you haven't worn a piece of clothing in a year, you got to get rid of it. And and I, I started a new challenge this year at the beginning of the year. And I reduced my clothes items down to 55. That's actually not the challenge. The challenge is called 333. It's a 333 challenge. Um, it's me. You have three I, uh, 33 items for three months. And it was designed by Courtney Carver in the States, who was writing a blog, bemorewithless.com. So go check it out. So she, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, which is a disease I know a lot about because my auntie has it. And she, and multiple sclerosis is a, a stress you know, you can't have a lot of stress. So she was trying to reduce her stress and um, minimalizing stuff. You know, she did a lot of research and minimalizing things in her house and her life became a way of life for her. And she decided to do this 33 items challenge. 
and I made it 55 items because I always have to break the rules and make up my own little thing because I didn't think I could get down to 33 um, and I couldn't. The idea is to choose, you can either choose 33 items or you can choose 55, it doesn't matter, it really matter, but you make a decision and you go through everything and you just have those items and oh my gosh, I got rid of two big bags of clothes and these aren't clothes that I was wearing all the time either. So it's not like I'm missing out. They were just items that I'd had for a long time. And, and the, the, <laughs> the challenge came about because I was looking in my room and I had a massive pile of clothes in a basket that didn't fit in the drawers. Now I had two sets of drawers and the clothes didn't fit in there. You know, if you've got one set of, draw, one set of drawers, you're okay. If you've got two sets of drawers, you know, you've got to think to yourself, hmm... There might be a problem here because I was thinking, oh my gosh, my clothes don't fit. Maybe I should get a third set of drawers. That doesn't work. So I decided to reduce down and make sure everything fitted in the two sets of drawers. Now, they're not big sets of drawers. They're kind of small. And I, at the house we're in now, I don't have a wardrobe. So um, I have some clothes that are hung up on the back of the, the door. So there is a little bit of, um, <laughs> you know, so I don't have a wardrobe. So that makes it, you know, uh, harder. So yeah, so going down to 55 items became essential and this is not items, you know, you don't, you don't include your ski gear or your tramping gear, you know, speciality items, you don't include that, you don't include your underwear and your socks, just, you know, your jackets and your shorts and your t-shirts and your gym gear and just the things that you'll need. So 55 items actually gets me through three and a half weeks, two weeks to three and a half weeks and well, that's with me washing clothes every day. So if you wore a pants two days in a row, if they were sort of clean, you could do that sort of stuff. So it's not actually that hard. And I'll tell you now, you don't have so much washing. That's the first thing I noticed. So give it a go. You know, it's all about reducing the things that you don't need and go through, you know, have a declutter. Go through everything. Go through your desk. I mean, one of the, I'm just about to go through my office desk. And I've got all these things that I don't use. They're sitting there that I might use them, but maybe I won't. Or maybe I do. Or, you know, just go through and declutter a little bit if you if you don't want to go and run away from town and live on the land. Like how I'm going to do it in like less than two weeks. Two weeks I have to pack up this house and move into a caravan for a few weeks. Who thinks I can make it? Who thinks it's going to happen? Who thinks Pauline's going to go crazy? I think I'll be fine as long as I have Wi-Fi and the Wi-Fi works well. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of driving because it's 45 minutes from where we are now. So I've got to come into town. This will be called town. And you know who's going to really suffer when I move to the country? All the cafe owners. Yep. And the restaurants owners they're going to suffer because their profits are going to go down because Pauline Stockhausen won't be going there for coffee every day yep they're going to mourn I tell you they're really going to mourn it'll be good for my coffee habit though wouldn't it the point of this episode is about becoming a digital nomad in any way you don't have to follow what everyone else does you can design things for yourself this whole thing that I'm doing living freedom living well free just being more free in how I live and how I work and 
making my day-to-day fit in with me. So I don't have a nine-to-five job. For instance, today I didn't start work till 10. I worked for an hour and a half, took two hours off, and then I've worked two hours this afternoon. After I finish the podcast, I'm going riding on a mountain bike, and then I'm going swimming. And then I'll do two hours later. So I've designed my everyday working life to fit around myself. And I've been doing it for a few months now and it's been working pretty good. I'm pretty happy with it. Some days I work 10-12 hours, some days I work 2. Can't complain really. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Anyway, so this is today's episode. I hope it inspired you, motivated you or scared the pants off you and you're thinking that's not a bit of me. (laughs) I hope you uh, subscribe to my podcast Um, follow me on Facebook and Instagram and I look forward to catching up with you sometime in the ether in the world you know reach out say hi tell me you listened and yeah we'll catch up then over and out